We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For my money, the most entertaining uh, spread picking and football talk uh, podcast on YouTube is the Pat Mayo Experience with the Spread Pick Show, Jeff Feinberg and Tim Anderson. I've got Pat Mayo here to talk about the trade deadline, the Raiders, and Week 9. All coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Pat Mayo. You can follow him on Twitter at the PME. Watch the Pat Mayo experience on YouTube. Check out all his various shows. Tons of great shows. Football, golf. Golf is amazing. Um, you should be playing fantasy golf. It's a fun, fun activity to do. Uh, Pat, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. You should play fantasy golf too. The the fantasy golf championships are open. The I race saw for that. The Mayo Cup. You can get your two hundred bucks a spot in. Try to compete for the top prize, eighty grand this year. That's awesome. That is awesome, and I will be signing up for that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I got to get back up on that. I'm in a go- fantasy golf league that's been going over for like twenty four years now. I think um, we haven't. It's a little. Uh, it's fourteen teams now. Uh, we do an auction, draft nine golfers, start five. So that's been great. But I like playing DFS as well. Just fantasy golf is such a perfect sport because it's four days. It's always televised. It's perfect. It, it's it's the best bang for your buck that you're going to get. Like people love yep. football because you get, you know, three days to prep. And like, then there's the Thursday night game and you can you know get your start sits in for your season long team. You can bet your props if you want to for that game. There's just a smorgasbord mm-hmm. of availability to you, but then you can do two more days of research. There's information every day, Friday injury report. How's that going to affect my lineup on Sunday? It's all building towards Sunday. You get your seven hours of entertainment. Then we just do the entire process all over again. Golf is like the longer version of that. It's less process time, more what is happening time. So with golf, you have your three days to do your prep. You got the field announcement. You can run your numbers from last week. You can build your lineups, get everything in locks on Thursday morning. Then you got Thursday through Sunday. That's a four-day sweat. That's great. It's beautiful. And if you're you're really insane, you can do showdown slates. And then, you know, after the cut, there's another level there. There, If you're really, really insane, you can do European golf or LGPA. I mean, LPGA. Uh, I can speak English on video. Uh, But, you know, it's it's great. It's beautiful. Uh, Let's get into the trade deadline. Uh, What happened? What didn't happen? Let's start off with what didn't happen. And that is 
Denver didn't trade anybody away. Tennessee, after trading Kevin Byard last week, didn't trade anybody else away, which I was shocked at just because they won one game. Um, and then, you know, Carolina not going and getting a wide receiver. What caught your eye the most? I I never expect things to happen at the NFL yeah. trade deadline. I think we got spoiled last year and everyone's like, oh, it's it's going to be like the MLB, the old school MLB trade deadline or the NBA trade deadline. So it's hard to trade contracts. And it's really difficult to bring in, especially like star level players into a new defense or a new offense and get them ready. I mean, that's why the trade deadline is so early, I believe, for the NFL season is that they don't want it to affect, you know, buyers and sellers a month from now when people really know, like, you need to take your chances at the moment. It was nice to see that Washington said, yeah, we're not good. Let's get rid of our guys and squeeze some value of that. I liked what Minnesota did with Josh Dobbs if they're not going to tank. If they're going to tank, then you know, start your rookie, see how they're going to do. And they're going to start the rookie anyway to see if he's any good. Trading, trading for Josh Dobbs kind of leads me in the direction that maybe he's not very good and they do, they're four and four. They have a, it's the NFC. The NFC is terrible. They could yes. make playoffs at nine and eight or eight and nine for God's sake. So yeah. Josh Dobbs gives you that sort of reliability. But it's very clear, like San Francisco is like, our defense has been brutal. We need to do something. And apparently they, I think they were trying to trade for a Dory Jackson too, and they didn't get the trade in time. Yeah. The giants, it was like on the giant side, didn't report it in time. I, I, if I recall that that's happened before too. I mean, th- are we still doing fax machines? I mean, what, I, I think we are. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, you know, there was a good t- point too. Like with like Derek Henry, you had to restructure the contract by Sunday, like by Monday to be able to make the trade by Tuesday. Um, and that just, wasn't going to happen. Although the, the Titans, they did us the favor of announcing they weren't going to trade Henry even before they beat Atlanta. Uh, so I'm not shocked at that. But I thought Hopkins would have just attracted a ton of ton of interest. But then he gets goes off for three touchdowns with Will Levis. They're they all of a sudden they're you know they're viable again. I mean, they, I think the AFC's. I don't think they're really truly viable, but because I think the AFC is mature enough. But still, they have a they have a an exciting quarterback all of a sudden. I, I guess it depends. They're very much in it because it depends on how you feel about Indianapolis and the Texans. Like if you right. think, and they probably, both those teams are like, that's why the AFC is stronger than the NFC. Like both those teams are pretty good, but mm-hmm. in comparison to the rest of the NFC that they're or AFC, sorry, they're not that if Tennessee can kind of sweep the table with them the rest of the year, then like get one from Jacksonville, not to say they'll win the division, but they could end up in that like eight, nine, 10 win range. And 10 wins is probably enough. Because the AFC is just going to beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and th- and then Denver decides that you know, they, they've won two in a row that they've got Sean Payton. They went out and got and traded for Sean Payton. They're they're got by, by God, they're not going to do a teardown with, with after all of that. So I can kind of get it, but it would have been nice to add some draft draft picks. But um I I thought one of the receivers might go now that they haven't. I'm I'm cutting Marvin Mims. I, I see no hope for him this year. Uh in, in redraft. Like in a dynasty league, I wouldn't do that, but I, I see no hope there. I don't think the outside of Cortland Sutton, I can't even imagine like I can't imagine starting Jerry Judy at this point. Like yeah. he'll have a good game every five games. That's great. Let's make that someone else's problem. Right. Ali Sutton will have a few catches per game. And he's the only one who's been relatively consistent with Russell Wilson this season that like maybe as your wide receiver three, that's fine. That's like a shitty wide receiver three. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Uh, I'm in that. I've got that problem, actually. And you know, too good to cut. Not good enough to start. It, it's the worst. That's the worst spot you can be in. 
I'm always on team cut in that situation. Yeah. Because if I'm having problems making it, and listen, it depends on the size of your team. It depends on your depth. Like I'm having to start both Jalen Warren and AJ Dillon mm -hmm. at running back spots this week, because I have a lot of buy, not only just have bye week troubles, I have injury problems at running back. So it's not the greatest week yeah. for me uh, as it goes down to that. But I just find if I'm having trouble starting these guys that are like potential viable starters, and then once I'm through bye weeks and everything like that, I just try to make him someone else's problem. That's that's one. There's listen, fantasy isn't necessarily solved, but people are so much better at fantasy, especially season long fantasy, than they were even three years ago, especially versus ten years ago. Imagine yeah. if you had the strategy, Jeff, right now that you did when you first started playing fantasy football. Yeah, every year, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, the information has exploded. The strategy side has exploded. And you're absolutely right about that. It's, it, it runs a little parallel to poker, although poker, I mean, it, it's like generations beyond where we're at in terms of solvers and things of that nature. But yeah, it, you're absolutely right. So I remember the first league that I played in. It was a like the, my friend was the commissioner. He set it up. He set it up as a PPR league. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know. That's just what he ended up doing. So we've always played PPR in our very home league that's been going on for like 23 years now. But everyone was still drafting out of magazines at that point. Oh, yeah. The internet was at its infancy. We, we put punched everything on Yahoo in at the time in like 2000 or whatever it was. And but everyone was drafting out of magazines like that's how you knew it. And there wasn't PPR rankings for the magazine, it was just standard because that's it, that's why it was called standard. Because like 90% of the leagues didn't have PPR. There was no half point. There was no full point. It was just standard. So everyone in my league was just drafting standard running back rankings. I looked at the scoring. I was like, you know, Reggie Bush is like the best running back. Like when he came out, he's going to have like eight catches a game. So I ended up just winning the league the first four years until people ended up cluing in that, oh, you actually want the guys to catch passes. Just because that wasn't the way that we were geared to think at the time because it was still in its infancy. People couldn't go listen to a podcast. And like when people actually have to figure out strategy and figure out rules, it was like streaming in baseball. It's like, yeah, give me some two-star pitchers. Like half the people did it. Other people didn't even occur to them. It's like, man, they're making a lot of moves. And so that's all that to say is that there are so many solved parts of fantasy football that one thing you can do is potentially sabotage other teams in your league. You're not going to trade Jerry Judy for anything. No one's going to give you anything for him. But if you drop him, someone will pick him up and play him, which is just good enough, especially if you're playing them. See also Pitts, comma Kyle, yeah. uh, right now. Um, that he, that is the same sort of range there. My favorite one of those. I started playing like 95, 96, first year. You know, the first year I played, someone was at the turn, took Troy Aikman and then Greg Hill, who he was a big Kansas City Chiefs homer uh, at the time. That that I mean, nobody does things like that. Troy Aikman, I mean, was never a good fantasy player. I mean, he, he was the peak Cowboys, and I'll get I, I get that. And you could see like taking Steve Young in the first round, but taking a quarterback in the first round back then was just, you, you just don't do that even. And it was, it was crazy. But anyways, uh, you mentioned the Josh Dobbs trade. Uh, we, we have no idea what's going to happen with Minnesota. Uh, you know, it could be Dobbs this uh, next week. It could be the, uh, the kid this week, Jaron Hall. Um, it could be, you know, Tim's nemesis uh, next week at coming off the IR uh, it just in Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins. Yes. Um, it, it could be a lot of, a lot of these. Can any of them save the Vikings skill position players? 
Yeah, I think I don't see why not. Uh, Jake Celia and I do our ranking show every single week, and mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about how this adjustment comes in. And as long as Minnesota adapts their playbook to what the quarterback's strengths are, uh, like when you see Reed, like it's not going to be, it's not going to be the Kirk Cousins. Oh, we're going to do like a little bit underneath, but we can really go vertical in this offense. That's not what he's going to be good at because he's not good at making those throws. He wasn't at BYU. He wasn't last week. That's just not really what he does well. He's a good intermediate passer with time. He's a good short passer with time. So if they begin to throw more intermediate routes instead of deep routes and really play to his strengths, then I think that everyone can be fine. Like, especially when Jefferson comes back, assuming he comes back after this week, is it this week? Two more weeks this week? We'll Week see. I, I, I've been like searching for more updates on him and not not getting them. Yeah, I mean, I rely on RotoWire for that, so yeah, I haven't I had it's... anything pushed through. So I assume that's on you. You yeah. find the update, push it through to me, and I haven't seen one come through. So it's a mystery box at the moment. But if you have Justin Jefferson, you just throw it up to him. See what happens. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we just saw it last week with Levis to Hopkins. I mean, it can happen. It it, it can work. But um, it's sort of, it's sort of the opposite in that regard, where like I don't know if Levis can 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 complete any passes under 20 yards I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure that's possible for him but if it's over 20 yards that's just like a little flick of the wrist for him he just throws moon balls that's true that's true uh it, it, that that what the the throw that impressed me the most with levis wasn't the three to hopkins it was the last one the westbrook akine where he does the scramble backwards throw off his back foot and drop a dime to him uh i mean i think he's going to get infatuated with his arm and try to do more throws like that and there'll be a bad idea but still, it was just such a ridiculous throw. It's interesting because when you have that, and that was always his thing. I think I bet Levis to go number one in the draft at one point during the offseason last mm-hmm. year. That I became infatuated with his arm. I felt like everyone else would too. And you saw it on display. And I don't think you can necessarily have an over-reliance on that because there was a reason that he wasn't playing to begin with. Maybe he's just not very good and he needs some time to be seasoned a little bit more, some prep, working with him in practice against NFL defenses. But this is sort of the perfect storm for a young quarterback who's not quite developed is they're not really asking him to do any sort of complex reads. And it's not like, well, I need you to look to the right and hit this guy on a nine-yard out just past the six. It's like, how about you come out here, hand it off to Derrick Henry, throw some screen passes, and then throw it as far as you can. Those are the three things we're asking you to do. If Mm -hmm. you throw a pick and it's 60 yards down the field, who cares? I think that's a really good way to coach some of these guys if you're forced into this position. I agree. Absolutely. You know, keep it pretty simple, especially now we're going to test the, okay, they have some tape on them theory. Now, granted, it's a short turnaround uh, for the Steelers, but uh, we'll see. Start number two is always tougher than start number one. Uh, But I, I, I do like it there a little bit. Uh, the Washington trades, you mentioned like what you liked, what Washington was doing. Uh, but the bears, I, I still am wrapping my head around the bears year, two years in a row. Now they've traded a second round pick. That's going to be a high second round pick for a player that may, they may not even be able to extend. I mean, they, they have to have something pretty close to being in place, like back channel wise to be able to pull this off. Right. You'd hope so. Don't tell Bears fans that this was a stupid idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. Very defensive about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I got into that in Twitter on Twitter yesterday a little bit, too. Like, is is this because they're blinded by the laundry or these people are just morons? I don't quite know. Or is it? I think they want to believe that their their GM isn't that bad, Um, that this is not Chase Claypool part two. Um, First of all, Sweat is a better player. I'll I'll rapidly concede that. but wow, you could have him and 
the second round pick. That's the whole thing, right? So like, is Sweat, I mean, maybe you're a better judge of defensive line play than I am. Is Montez Sweat a top five defensive lineman in football? I don't know. Probably not, right? I'm not a better judge of defensive line. We'll say top 30. Yeah, sure. I'll stipulate to that. Yeah, so top 30. And hitting the market this year, there's probably, I don't know, three or four of those guys. You can probably get one of them. And you're probably going to have to overpay one of them to come to Chicago because the team hasn't been great, whatever, whatever, whatever. And yes, this does give you the inside track to sign Montez Sweat and extend him or potentially franchise him. But the thing is, is that worth the second round value? Just because you have Montez Sweat literally does not make you any better, especially for this year and going forward. And the whole goal would be, yeah, you have this high draft capital, maybe the first and second pick, probably two top five picks in the draft. But now you've just given up what could be the first pick of the second round for the second straight year. Wouldn't you just rather have all of those picks and then potentially sign Montez Sweat since you're going to be paying him anyway? And if you lose out on him, no big deal. You can go get someone else to overpay on the defensive line. But you still might get a stud with the second round pick that you have under cheap control for the next four or five years. So I don't quite understand what the rationale was to go out, like run to go get him and overpay. Like no one else was offering a second round pick. Like would it have been better to get Chase Young on the third pick for the third round pick and then maybe yeah. get the conditional if he walks anyway, like just to see what you have there. Now, sweat better than Chase Young? Probably, especially at this point. But it just makes so much more sense what the 49ers did because they might end up with a condition. They might just move down in the third round off this trade. That's all that's going to happen. And they get Chase Young. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, And he's younger, you know, and he still has maybe unrealized potential because he's been hurt so much in his career. Um, Yeah, I I, I agree. The comparison there, the Bears just didn't learn their lesson from last year. It separates us from the animals, and they haven't been separated yet. So um, I don't know. I, I, I just... Don't get it. And I, I went back and forth. One point that was made is maybe an extension this year counts against this year's cap and not next year's cap. Okay. Are the Bears in like big is that worth cap a second held? round pick? Is, no. is, that, is it, are they in big cap held? Are they, are no, they, the opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. So who cares? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't uh, like the Saints where they need to like renegotiate the cap every single year and Jason somehow Hill do just it. got another extension. I know it's, it's crazy, but yeah, it, it's funny. Okay, overnight, for you at least, the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels and their GM. Bless their hearts. Um, I, 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 I love hate the Raiders. Um, I, I hate them, but, man, I love how inept they are. It just, it just brings me joy seeing this. Um, your reaction to this move? Uh, we went over the odds on the show last week of who the first coach to be fired was. We couldn't believe that Josh McDaniels wasn't the favorite. This has been a running theme that we've covered on the Pat Mayo experience. Not just YouTube, by the way. You can download that stuff on Apple Podcasts yep. Yep. and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, video, audio, it's all there for you. The biggest thing was like, because Brandon Staley was the favorite. It's like the Chargers are too cheap to fire Brandon Staley. And you would have thought the same thing about the Raiders, but I guess they're just raking in the Vegas bucks at this point. But he doesn't seem to have a game plan. Like when we played the squeaky wheel narrative with Devontae Adams a few weeks back, the first drive of the game was like seven passes to Devontae Adams. I don't know if he had another target the rest of the game. Then there was a drive like three drives later in that game where it was five passes to Jacoby Myers. Like, I don't understand. It's like they just sit there on the sidelines and look at each other. It's like, okay. Here's the plan. We're going to throw to Devante every play this drive. <laughs> and that's it. Like, just lock in on him, chuck it his way, we'll be good to go. It's like, what is happening here? So yeah. it's all just very confusing to me. 
to put it I, that way. And Josh McDaniel, or yeah, Josh McDaniel's been a terrible coach everywhere he's been as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator. Well, maybe he sucked at that too, and Tom Brady was just awesome. Yeah, the, the and a lot of people have been quick to make the uh, point about the Belichick coaching tree is a pretty poison is pretty some pretty poisonous fruit. Uh, yeah, absent Mike Vrabel, yeah, every, say, Vrabel's okay. Yeah, Vrabel's I like Vrabel, he's great, but I mean you you've got some pretty awful coaches that have come off that tree. See, I would actually throw. I mean, Vrabel's defenses have constantly I feel like overachieved based on the talent that they have, but I always feel like Mike Vrabel like there are certain coaches where. Although Vrabel is from the Belichick tree, I really feel like Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, and Pete Carroll are all kind of in the same vein of coaches. Like you can't really point to anything that they're not they're not some sort of mastermind or anything like that. They just get the most out of yes. players, be it through yeah. motivation, voodoo magic. I don't know what it is, but they just their teams always overachieve on the talent level. But you'd never look at Pete Carroll and be like, offensive genius, Pete Carroll. I don't even know if he knows anything about offense. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is when he was at SC, we thought, oh, all of a sudden, yeah, he is a genius. Look at how dynamic. No, he had Reggie Bush. He had all these great wide receivers. Yeah, he you was know. a great recruiter. And I can see yeah. why people would want to play for him. And then it was like, yes, yes. But, I mean, he ended up getting the job. He ends up winning a Super Bowl in Seattle after the USC run. It's pretty amazing. But then it's like, hey, Tennessee's like, hey, Norm Chow, want to be our OC? It's like that didn't work out. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's so funny to see that there, but like you got Matt Patricia. Uh it's just oh I just I just it hurts to think about this. That's two and that's two bites out of the apple for McDaniels, too. Um the other the ancillary thing coming out of that is Aiden O'Connell is now like the like they're they're leaning towards going to him, which I actually think is a good idea. Just why not see what he can do? You know, I know it's gonna be all the sacks, but at the same time. We saw, we've seen plenty of Jimmy G to know what he is. Is no, is anybody surprised Jimmy G in front of a bad offensive line and the Raiders not working? Is anybody just surprised to see that? I would certainly hope not. Yeah. But this also gives you a really good situation where if AOC plays and is good, that's good. You have a cheap quarterback that maybe you can start next year and you'd potentially be okay. If yeah. he's really terrible and you continue losing every game, well, you might end up with the first pick. Yeah. Yeah. Win, win, win. I agree. I absolutely agree there. Um, and Mike, and it, let's face it, Adams can't get any worse. It can't be worse under O'Connell than it is right now. He's unhappy. Um, so, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go for it. His best game last year was with Jarrett Stidham. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't with Derek Carr last year. It was with Stidham. So Adams can be, he can thrive with under anybody. Uh, so why not, O'Connell? Can I ask you a question? You may. I, I am in the King of the Beach qualifier this week, round one. So if I finish inside the top 75 of 250, I get my free trip to Miami. I get a chance to play for 300 grand. I would like to do that. I would like to win $300,000. Like I get sure. through this week. Who should I be playing as my quarterback on the main slate on DraftKings this week? Because it's brutal, man. It is. You take away the, the KC and Miami. You, it, yeah. Um, no I mean, Cincinnati, no Buffalo, no yeah. Chargers. It's like, ugh. like the, yeah. there's two good quarterbacks on the main slate, on the Sunday slate. It's Hurts and it's Lamar. And I guess Dak, you can throw into that mix too. But they're all so expensive that like you're left with absolute jabronis at other positions if you go with these guys. So I'm looking at like, I kind of want to play Bryce Young. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I mean, the Colts do bring the weird every week. I, I bless The Colts that. give up like 40 points a game. I know. And they, the Colts, oh, I can't, you know, the Colts are actually 
inter- like their appointment because they're a good bad team. You know, like they're going to score a bunch, they're going to give up a bunch, they're not going to be boring. They're not going to be they're not going to be Jets Giants ever. They're going to be fun at least. Like the the trade off is like I mean I probably lean towards Lamar. It's just hard to get a lot of Ravens in there. Yeah, because like you probably like, Kamara is so far and away the best play at running back. Yeah, that you yeah. kind of have to make room for him to get in there. But if you try to get Zay Flowers, or if you try to get Mark Andrews, it just becomes pretty difficult with the bottom end of your roster. Like then you're forced to play like Wendell Robinson or Juju Smith Schuster. I'll probably end up playing like the Mario Douglas because he might get like eight catches and that's good enough. Yeah, and and he's super speedy. Like that is somewhere where I can go with No Parker, born out for the year. Super Mario seems to be their guy now. And Mac Jones can complete a three-yard pass. I think. I think he can do that. I yeah. mean, I'm not certain he can do that. I well, he'll have he more time that. now. Now that he doesn't have Sweat and Young chasing him. I suppose uh, that's true. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I might go CJ Stroud, even though they didn't work for me last week. How about Gar- Can I interest you in a Gardner Minshew? I don't know. Do you know? I, I have to look deeper into it. Do you know how much man coverage that Carolina plays versus zone coverage? I don't off the top of my because, head. No. Because to look at it, I know like almost week over week, the splits between Minshew versus man and Minshew versus cover is like hilarious that he rips up man and is terrible against cover against zone Interesting. coverage. Interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely worth looking up to. I feel like he is the this year's version of the Jameis Winston 30 for 30 year. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of scoring and you're going to get a lot of turnovers i mean the interception he threw last week was just a soul-killing interception it was so bad uh and then and then the saints turned around and drove but he also he'll get you the rushing touchdown he didn't actually give you the love this week but like the the two previous weeks the jacksonville game was just artwork it was just so good bad like bad good good bad you know however you want to phrase it um you got your fantasy production you got some just terrible play too what about Derek carr sure i could I could dance to it against the Bears. Why not? Yeah. Although he's got Montez Sweat chasing him now. They're going to be tough. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Bears, Bears is best team in the NFC now. Best defense, <laughs> I hear. That's that's what the internet tells me. So that's going to yeah. be tough. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Hey, we're on the Blue Wire Network. We love being on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, we always like being there. I did a couple shows from the Blue Wire Studios at the Wynn in Vegas. Pretty sweet setup they have there. Uh, Rotowire does a Vegas trip every year and, uh, you know, set it up so we could do a couple things with uh, the uh, a Dodgers podcast. It was pretty cool. So anyhow, 
Um, let's talk about some of the other quarterbacks here. Will Levis, we mentioned him already a little bit there. Where do you have him in your ranks this week? Where do I have my ranks? I think I'm like 14. Yeah. It's not a great matchup against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh no, still pretty not. good. Short week turnaround. I don't know. I there is potential upside to go around here, right? It's just Tennessee on the road has been really bad this year. Just overall, they've been much better at home, yes. defense included. And Pittsburgh just loves playing games to the under. Like they're just not a fantasy friendly team right no. now. Like honestly, if you had to pick a like the outside of Pickens maybe Deontay Johnson. Is there anyone on the Steelers you'd want to start in fantasy? No, not against Tennessee. You don't want the running backs against them. And you don't want the running backs anyway. Yeah. If if we had one of them, I would. Uh, but yeah. Not if that one was Najee Harris, because he's trash. Yeah. All the advanced metrics love him this year, though. It's the funny thing. Um, he's had more bursts, more broken tackles, et cetera, et cetera. But even still, I mean... I... I, I looked into that too. Like, you know, his breakaway, his breakaway percentage is not great, but his busted tackle percentage is good. I think that sometimes that people, people want to be spreadsheet heroes and that really works when you're playing massive volume. I find that being a spreadsheet hero on individual player analysis is not a great idea because okay. you, it just, they might be wrong and they might not be telling you every, exactly everything you need to know. But if you were to take 10 players and use enough of that information where it may not be complete information on every player, then yeah, you're going to be right. Let's say six and a half, seven out of 10, 10 times, which is the percentage that you want to be at six out of 10 times in gambling is one of the best winning percentages of all time. Yeah. But to just deconstruct a player without any other context besides some advanced analytic, I think is a fool's errand because listen, analytics aren't the answer. Analytics are a part of the way to get to the answer. Yes, it's a good yes. part of the answer, but it's not the final answer. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. People will go to try to find the, the analytic that justifies their stance. Yeah, uh, they, they want to make a stance, or they see that, and, I, and I've seen it too. Like I see it jumping out to me, and then I watch the game, and the guy looks like he's running with fucking lead balloons on his feet. Sorry, yeah. sorry for swearing. That's okay. <laughs> You're used to your show, and it's all good. <laughs> um, and it, it's totally fine. We can, you know, uh, there we had one guest one time who set the record. You're you're nowhere close to that, so we're good. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I would say too, like you know, that, that about that specific metric. I mean, maybe he's got this high broken tackle rate because his vision's not very good, so he's running into tackles to begin with. Um, so therefore, he has to break them. Uh, so yeah, it's possible. So. Um, Back to quarterbacks, though. Um, we've got the Germany game. So you're on Nova Scotia time. So yep. this is fine for you. Oh, right? yeah. That, that's super fine for me. Yes. I'm very close to Germany. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're getting I mean, you're not getting up at five in the morning to do your updates and then answer questions, then watch kickoff at 630 local time like me. That's all I'm saying. It's 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 not killing you. You know what? How about you take your nice weather and deal with it? OK. OK. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Not to mention Sunday night football being over at nine o'clock is oh not two thirty a.m. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so there's a there's a trade off and everything. I'm I, up I, at six a.m. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I I hate the overseas game. So I love the overseas games. Yeah, yeah, and for obviously that's a that's a time zone thing, and that's all. I mean, it's a it's the best game we're ever going to get though. Casey in Miami. I mean, it should be it should be amazing. Except, I mean, the Chiefs are. They're not playing all that well offensively. And it's not just the Denver game. It was the Jets game. It's the, the week one game against Detroit. I mean, they really pushed the limits of 
hey, we'll take all these bad receivers and Patrick Mahomes when we get us through it anyhow uh, theory here. I mean, they're, they're still, they've only had two losses, but man, it's a rough rot watch right now. It, it's funny because it is a rough watch, but this is, again, when you swing back to the analytics, if you look at something like offensive DVOA, Kansas City still like ranks inside the top five. Yeah. They're really more efficient. It's just not the way that they normally do it. Yeah. But they still move the ball pretty easily. They didn't last week, obviously. And it's yeah. not the same sort of ease that they normally do it, but it's still there. It's just not all completely there all at one time. And watching it, I agree. You're like, I don't have faith that they can just go 80 yards on in 14 seconds and score a touchdown like they used to be able to do. It's a bit more methodical this time around. Uh, I like Kansas City in this game but I don't have a strong lean for it whatsoever. Like this would be a fun spot for Miami to win by like 40 points. Yeah. Yeah. I set, so I, I set my lines first before seeing the lines, so I can do it. It just, I want to have that like fresh powder uh, thing. So I set my line at KC minus three. Um, it's it's two and a half. Two now? What's that? Is it minus two now? I think it's, I, when I looked yesterday, it was two and a half. Um, and the total was a little higher than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but then again, duh, betting unders against Miami seems like a bad way to make money. So I get it. Um, I, I, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen this game because the two times Miami stepped up in class, uh, they, they've struggled. And they, they really struggled against Philly. They struggled offense. They struggled to do the things offensively they could. And Kansas City sneakily is getting there on defense. Their defense is so good this year. It, it's been much better. And that's always the fun part about Miami is that you know, if their offense is struggling, well, they also have a terrible defense. The other team just might score a bunch of points on them, too, if you are trying to bet overs with yep. them in the game. So let's see here. Kansas City, Miami. I'm using our tool at runthesims.com, the prop sniper. Yep. I wanted to see what came up because intuitively, in my mind, Marquez Valdez-Scantling under whatever number it is. I don't think that his number is out yet. I think he's just going to play the left most of the time when he's on the field and be paired up with Ramsey. I was shocked at how much respect Ramsey got in his first game back. And the one time they challenged him, he jumped the route and picked it off. Yep. Of course. I just don't think that Kansas city is going to throw to the left side of the field. <laughs> yeah. Uh, better not take send Kelsey over there because, you know, Ramsey will go cover a tight end every once in a while. I mean, it's every once in a while, if that's, and that's your real threat, I can see it there too. So we'll see. So it's like, I had a hard time. Like, where do I put Mahomes this week? And, you know, prohibitively like reflexively. Okay. Number one, move on. Uh, I had him at three this week, though, behind Allen and Tua, uh, and just ahead of Hertz, who I also think doesn't have a great matchup. He doesn't, but I don't know. I, I'm more concerned about how much running Hertz is going to do this week. Yeah. Because if, if he's forced to be a pocket passer against Dallas, I still actually kind of like him a bit. I think there's just going to be a lot. I think Philly runs a train on Dallas this week. Yeah. Really do. But. You know, I'm wrong a lot, so don't take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> kind of like but, the uh, the Niners game is is your parallel parallel there. Huh? Yeah, a little bit, and just I I did I did I like Dallas more at home in the non elemental conditions, let's say, <laughs> and I just think that Philadelphia overall is a better team. Like Dallas lays a smackdown on crappy teams, and Philadelphia just kind of methodically beats everyone. Yep. But if hurts. Because we noticed it last week. Hurts being banged up. He ran a lot less after getting hurt in the Miami game. He fumbled on the brotherly shove at the goal line. And then when they went to go run it again, they faked it. Which leads me to believe he's actually quite hurt. I agree. I also think that was... that was. I would think they would have been better served to have held that for this game. No. No, no, no. Got to show it. 
Uh, I, I've been waiting for this for a while. Was that fake? And I, I actually had this discussion last week when we were watching it in the room. Okay. When Swift scored the touchdown. It's indicative of the health of Jalen Hurts. Not that they faked it, but now that they're showing that the fake is possible, that it's going to alleviate people over center because now you have to commit at least one person on each side in case that there is a fake now, that it's fewer people landing on top of Hurts. Okay, I can see it. Put it out on tape. I get it. Um, yeah. And that makes sense. I was just thinking maybe you wanted to surprise a, yeah, a good defense like Dallas instead of a bad defense like Washington is, it was my mind mindset there, but you're right. I I would agree with you normally, but I think it's an injury thing. I think you might be right about that. I got got hurts at five, by the way, I got Allen Jackson, Burrow, Mahomes hurts Tua. okay, cool. And then Derek Carr fun times. Yes. It, It gets ugly real fast this week. I mean, you take away Detroit and Jacksonville and San Francisco. It, it, it's, it's painful. And then Denver's over there eating paste in the corner, but that's, uh, you know, fine. Um, couple other, uh, I, I, you know, a couple other quarterback questions. Okay. You're in a super flex league. You got Kirk cousins. You're trying to replace them. Let's, let's say it's like me and Jake Seeley's flex super flex league. The one league I have cousins, of course, is a super flex. Thanks. Appreciate that guys. Who do you go and pick up this week? Who do you have available? I guess is the question. Like, is anyone available? Well, it's all it's all the like the Minnesota replacement, the Arizona replacement, you know, because I don't think it's going to be Kyler, Kyler this week. Possibly, it, it, possibly Trubisky, possibly if you're lucky, Heineke. But I think Heineke was proactively picked up in that league. Even is Heineke Not, playing? That undecided as as what I can what I could tell reading the tea leaves from Arthur Smith. I think he really doesn't want to go to Heineke. But he also is getting frustrated as hell with Desmond Ritter fumbling it seven times a game. So I, I think that you have to pick up Tune or Hall right now. I think mm-hmm. I called Hall Reed earlier. I don't know what I'm doing these days. Yeah. Um, either way, because they're starting this week and this we know. Unless like Bajon is still available out on the waiver wire. Like is Brett Rip Brett Rippin long term is probably the play, only because he's the one who might start more than one game going yeah. that way. Is Levis available? No, Levis is long gone because he. Yeah, everyone Levis, knew he was going to start. Levis would be the pickup, but yeah. like, Stafford might be put on IR, or Stafford might start this week. Yeah. I don't know. So Rams going to Ram, you know? Yeah, like if Brett Rippon plays, he's going to get four games, and he gets to throw to Cup and Puka. Like he might not be good, but they're good, and they might help him. Yeah, Jaron Hall might be benched next week for Josh Dobbs, and Clayton Tune might lose his job to. I don't know if they're going to play Kyler Murray. Yeah, we don't. We don't know for sure about that one. You're absolutely right. Um, they've been very evasive in talking about it. You know, I've heard sources say week 10. We have never heard Gannon on, uh, you know, outright say, yeah, he's coming back in week 10. We're we're excited about that. So the answer to this question is probably Jaron Hall then. Yeah. It's Which the is Jaron Hall problem. Door number three. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right. I, I guess that's where I'm going to go with that in that league. And, you know, that's. Hey, it's a Minnesota quarterback for a Minnesota quarterback for one week. And then we'll, we'll do it all again next week there. in that one too, just a shame too. That was a good team. I waited. I had the, I was on the wheel on that one. So all the top quarterbacks were gone by the time it got to my pick. So I took McCaffrey and Kelsey. It's like, okay, fine. Hey. And then, you know, after week one, it was, it was, it sucked, but it, it's been pretty decent since then. And now I have to deal with no McCaffrey this week. No cousins this week. Daniel Jones is one of my quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's this is not a fun week, uh, but it's about me. Not uh, yeah. Uh, I, I just ran some Sims on DraftKings lineups this week and the highest projected lineup has your guy, Daniel Jones, at the quarterback position. 
Wow, there you go. I can't do that. That's no. like setting money on fire. Yeah, right. I mean, team had negative passing yards last week. <laughs> Just, uh, I understand. I mean, you got Danny DeVito. I mean, Tommy DeVito out there, and you know, you didn't even they, they that was like peak Iowa football there, where they didn't even want to throw the ball. They had to in overtime, and so <laughs> they did. But uh, it was it was tough. Uh, before we move on to running backs, so you got to share a quick note from our friends at Circa. Get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circuit Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. Watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. Massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touchdown at the world's largest sports book, Circus Sports, for the big game bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino. Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. Here with Pat Mayo, the Pat Mayo Experience. Uh, in all of his uh, pro- shows, you can catch wherever you get your podcasts or watch or stream on YouTube. I do that with uh with the especially with the spread picking show. I make a point of watching that one every single week. Um, let's talk running backs here. Let's talk a little Tony Pollard. What's your level of concern? Concern if you uh, took Tony Pollard at the end of the first, beginning of the second, and we're touting him. Well, you're mad, of course. I have a lot of Tony Pollard because I really like Tony Pollard coming into the year. And then you watch, the, you look at the box scores. You're like, man, he's terrible. Then you watch the games. You're like, he looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Every Dallas game is just weird. Yes. I, I, I don't want to continue to make excuses for Tony Pollard, but they're like up by 40 points. It's like, well, there's no reason to play Tony Pollard anymore. Let's let's get Rico Dwaddle in the game and you know the coach's son and that kind of thing. Or they're down by so much in some of these games. It's like, well, we can't run the ball anymore. And it just happens all just like that in every Cowboys game. Either they're up 20 or down 20 instantly. Have they played a game within 10 points yet this year? I'm trying to remember if they have. I, I can't remember one. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I now have to effort this as we do this live on the show. Let's see, forty to nothing, thirty to ten, twenty-eight, sixteen, thirty-eight to three. The Chargers 40, game. Yeah, the Chargers game was the only one. I think that like I think the Pollard was like okay in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, didn't he ever? I thought he had like a couple of big catches in that game. Yeah, he was six for eighty through the air and fifteen for thirty. Touched the ball twenty-one times. Terrible on the ground, like that. That's not good. But effective through the air. It was sort of like an Austin Eckler type of game. (laughs) On my list, the other side, Eckler was fourteen to twenty-seven, and then four for thirty-five. So he actually had a worse game. Uh, He had a better game than Austin Eckler did in a very Austin Eckler way of doing things. So I'm not concerned about the talent, but if this is the way that they're going to play games, he's just going to be unreliable in a lot of senses. Like in the one close game that they played, he got himself to what? Let's say that's 14, 15, 16, 17 points. All right. And didn't score a touchdown. We'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, we will. I think you're going to see a lot of them this week against Philly. I think they're going to force him the ball various ways, shapes and forms, maybe more in the passing game. And that's fine. Like you said, PPR leagues, you know, that's where we want them to touch the ball. You don't want them running between the tackles. Well, especially against Philly. I think they have the best run defense in yeah. football. Yeah. I was asked the other day, I was doing, um, I was I, I appeared on uh, Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton's show, uh, and they're like, what defenses do you avoid? Well, Philly run defense for sure. <laughs> is, is it? Rick retired. I know. I know. Um, 
Most, I have a feeling it's kind of a, as they even alluded to, it's a semi-retirement. Uh, he's not, so like if I go to still Vegas, do his show, he's still going to play in our expert leagues. Uh, we're not going to totally get rid of him. If uh, I go to Vegas, I might run into Rick. You might, you might even have a new startup for all I know. I mean, it's Rick. Um, I, I don't know. Under, I, I don't think he can sit on the sidelines that long. I just don't think he can, but I love Rick. He's, he's awesome. Um, but he did retire and we, I hope he does actually enjoy some of that retirement. Why, you know, cause I think it, I mean, the thing is we do what we love, but still at some point you want to be able to like see the world or do what you want to do, I guess. Uh, but, uh, I'm very happy for him. Uh, Austin Eckler. I'm not very happy about right now because he's like 15 for 29 against the bears who are the bears. But I, although if you look at, again, you can use metrics to see whatever you want. The bears per attempt metrics are actually pretty good against the run. And, but I also wonder if it's because there's such a pass wagon that you don't have to run against them that much. Yeah, I mean, that's why Kamara shapes up to be like the guy this week. I mean, what yeah. did Eckler do to the Bears through the air? Six for a hundred and something in a touchdown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he scored 25 points of the passing game for you. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's just he hasn't run the ball well since coming back. And no. I think that's not all on him. I think that run blocking is really terrible. So Joshua Kelly did nothing while he was gone too, including like a, that smash spot against Minnesota where he was just, like eight for 11 and got stuffed on you know, on that, that fourth down play got stuffed at the goal line. Oh, I remember the Josh Kelly days uh, starting him in leagues. Um, I, I'm going to try to forget that. Anyway, I can't, I, I just, I, he's not good. He's never yeah. shown that he's good. Eventually you like, you have to, it's just like the Najee Harris stuff. Like, yeah, let's play some volume. Well, eventually like the coaches are going to look at like, you're, you're terrible. Like we can't give you the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I think that's true. I just got fooled by week one where he actually looked good. I, I think as a backup, he actually makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. teams are just prep for Eckler, prep for Eckler, prep for Eckler, that even when Josh Kelly comes in the game, that it's a little bit different. It was a lot like Lamar Miller when he was with the Dolphins versus Lamar Miller when he was on the Texans. When he was the change of pace guy and got his nine to 10 touches a game, he looked explosive. Yeah. When you gave him 25 touches a game, he had exactly the same amount of yards. Yeah, and that that's absolutely true. And you see that all the time. You get the the guy that's the backup that looks good because he's in he's in hitters counts, if you will. Like the the defense is worn down, and here comes this fresh guy. Boom, let's call him Amos Zeroway, for instance. There or something, you know. That is Pollard one of those guys? It's possible. I I've seen that posited uh, before that it's possible. I think he's better than that, but I don't know. Maybe not. We're not sure. Yeah, we're not sure. Um. The other thing I'm not sure about is Cleveland. I I was so happy. I backed up. Well, I'm not happy. I lost Nick Chubb, but at least I backed him up with Jerome Ford, and they treated him like the next guy. Then they brought in, th- then they brought in Kareem Hunt. Then Ford got hurt. Now they've got a three headed monster, and I I can deal with two running backs. I can't deal with three. I was surprised. I think that Ford is just going to reestablish himself as the guy because that's what we saw in the second half of the Seattle game. Ford had one touch. In the first half, it was just a split between Lucky P.A.L. Strong and Kareem Hunt. And Kareem Hunt's still going to be involved and have, when I say like the workload, it'll be, I don't know, 65%, 70% Ford and the rest divvied up between Hunt and Pierre Strong. Although it does seem like Hunt is going to at least split inside the 10 duties with yeah. Ford, which is not great for no. Ford owners. No, I might wait another week on Ford. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I think strong actually showed some things too. I mean, 
that I mean, there was that that forty yard reception that set up a touchdown. Uh, he, he had like ten carries also, so he actually looks okay at times too. So maybe I, but maybe I'm just being a chicken little on this one. I might not even have a chance, a choice though, in some of the leagues where with bye weeks, like any ETN league, I'm like, okay, Ford looks really good right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of the thing that that I'm dealing with I, with ETN on by and McCaffrey on by. I'm just like, yeah, running back. Like, I might just have to play. Like I said, between AJ Dillon, Jalen Warren, and Kareem Hunt are kind of my options. Like, well, probably just take the loss this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I had a league, a league like that earlier. Right? The Herbert Geno Smith bye week. Although Geno Smith is. Yeah, it was a and super flash. Yeah, he's been really bad, really bad. And I was wrong about that one there. Uh, one more uh, running back situation. Bears. Can we even play Deonta Foreman anymore? No, uh, no. he had one good week. I know. And it was against the Raiders. I just wanted to believe that because I saw something of him last year. Where he was actually good at times. And now we've got another three headed monster there and it's against the Saints. So I don't like it at all. I don't know if it's a three headed monster. I think that we saw a lot of Evans because that game got out of control. Yeah. That I true. do really think that it's if on running downs or if the bears are up or in running situations, you'll see Foreman in mainly passing situations with a splice of a few running situations that you're going to see Roshan Johnson, at least until Khalil Herbert comes back. Yep. Yep. That's true. Um, I think you're right. And then we'll have, Yet another guy to think about because Khalil Herbert can actually play a little bit too. That's they they collect these guys that can actually play a little bit. Um, and that's tough to get separation between them. Uh, let's move on to wide receivers. But before we do that, quick note from our other sponsor, Splash. Rotowire is proud to partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 football season. Splash empowers Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn by creating contests. Commissioners can set up contests add their style and enjoy the uh, evolving splash sports platform for customized preferences from daily to season long contests. Splash sports caters to various playing styles such as DSF, DFS pick X and traditional survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, splash sports pitch you against friends and family, not the house splash goes beyond betting a space where friends can connect, strategize and share in the excitement of sports. Rotowire will be running weekly DFS tiers contest on splash sports all season. Can you beat the rotowire experts? Visit rotowire.com slash splash tender today here with Pat mail. Uh, check out Pat question. Are people beating the rotowire experts on splash sports? They are sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm doing all right in survivor though. Uh, like you, I heard you Me talking too. earlier that you're debating Browns versus saints. I'm in the same boat in the circus sports survivor contest. Um, I, I I I keep going back and forth on this. I fear PJ Walker, but I like that matchup better. Um, I, I'm doing it. I'm I'm going with Cleveland. I think more people will side with New Orleans, and if I have them rated essentially the same, the survivor yeah. strategy is just use the least popular team. Yeah, I've been eating chalk all year in this. Me too. That's why we're still alive. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was on the fifty percent last year. Last week I was on the sixty percent Seattle the week before. That Seattle week was beautiful. Every other pivot died that week it was so awesome well the, the, that's the thing that like because i i hear a lot of people like especially like my sharp friends who are like professional betters that they really were like they're in like week one just galaxy branding week one it's like you like you have like a proprietary model that you use to bet on sports that you win with so your numbers are usually pretty good 
Why do you need to be the one who is galaxy branding everyone? Right. Use your model in week 12 when there's no teams left and your model can tell you who to pick. Just pick the obvious team until then and let everyone knock themselves out. Yeah. And that that's pretty much what's happened. I mean, there was over 9,000 entrants in circus contest and there's down to t- like 1200 now. Um, yeah, absolutely. Although I will say, if you use the commanders in week one, you're feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good right now. You got them done and over with. You, yeah, you... I actually faded them because I, I actually had the biggest bet that I've made all year on any team was Arizona week one plus eight and a half against Washington. I was like, Washington sucks. Like yeah. they should not be eight and a half point favorites against anyone ever in football. And they should have lost that game. Yeah, they should have. They should have. Um, and then some people actually got the miracle win in week two with the Giants and you feel even better about having used the Giants and still being alive in Survivor. Um, because that's some good team that you'll have left over. Uh, and hey, let's it's 18 I, to 20 picks that you need to make all season long. If you want to get sneaky this week, take the Ravens. Oh, I've, I, they, I took them. I, I have them gone too, but like yeah. if you have the Ravens left, like I think they'll beat Seattle. It might be a close game, but I think that I think that yeah. Baltimore's like the really good version of Seattle, so it's just a you know, styles make fights kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the saints and Browns could both definitely lose outright to their crappy opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're crappy in their own right. You know, they're just, yeah, they're, they're frustrating. I mean, that's the thing with defensive based teams. If you, if you're uncertain on the offensive side of things and let's face it, the saints until like two weeks ago, hadn't scored more than like 21 points in a game. I mean, and their, their own fans were booing them in the Jacksonville game, in the first half. I mean, yeah. very, very sensitive fans. Because yeah. I've been pretty anti-Saints all year long because, mm-hmm. I mean, until the last two weeks, they couldn't score any points. So like, how are they going to cover games if they can't score points? And they were, like, favored. And everybody was like, oh, my God, the Saints. What a defense. Like, their defense is okay. It's not great. It's okay. It's above yeah. average. Would you would you call the Saints an elite defense? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, they're they're like pretty good. Fringe top 10 defense. Yeah. Good. Not great. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the Cowboys. This isn't the Browns defense who just gave up like 40 points. Maybe it's indie. Maybe it's an indie thing that just if you play indie, all Things bets are weird. off. Everyone's yep. gonna score a lot of points. Yep. Yep. Agreed with that. And I'm not touching Indy Carolina, by the way. I'm just not touching that as a possibility there. Uh, but yeah. Uh also you could say it's you got the Dennis Allen problem. I just don't think he's a very good decision maker. And uh, he does not coach people up properly. The Saints have committed the most penalties of any team in football as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually uh, a good point. I did not know that, but it intuitively it makes sense. Yet, I feel like they're their team. When I do my, I, I I guess the lines. The Saints always come out better than I have guessed. Like they always seem to get the respect at the line at the book. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't even know like what their record is against the spread, but they always seem to be a team that gets that respect. They do. Uh, we, when we guess the lines, we do a live show every. What are you doing on a Sunday night? <laughs> <laughs> You're on with Tim, right? Uh, oh, well, we need we need a guest for this week. Do you want to be our guest? I'll be in Arizona. I'm coming back from first pitch Arizona, actually. So I'll, another time, I'll be happy to do it, though. Yeah. So we have, so if anyone out there, uh, we need a guest for 7:15 p.m. Eastern time live because we, we recap the day we guess the spreads, and it's one thing that we talk about every week. The books love Atlanta. The books love New Orleans. Just yeah. give them like whatever you think it is. Give them an extra point, point and a half, because that's what it's going to be. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Atlanta's another good example of that too. God, I hate Atlanta. Sorry, sorry, Falcons. All those NFC South teams suck. It's why, like, yeah. I have a pretty big bet on Tampa to win the division from be from the beginning of the year. Because when you looked at the odds and looked how people were talking about the NFC South, it was like, well, it, Atlanta's really good. They're on the up and up. New Orleans is really good. The Bucks are terrible. It's like there is legitimately no difference between any of these teams. They're all bad. Yeah. So why not take the team that's ten to one for some reason? Yeah, I love it. I love it there. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, by the way, if you uh, look in the comments, uh, you, you have someone who's, uh, volunteering, uh, cow Chad TTV. He's a creator at Palazzo podcast. Uh, so he would love to be on your show. Um, well, I don't so know who that is. So no, reach out, reach out. Uh, you guys can see if you know each other. Um, let's briefly talk wide receivers. Jordan Aston has been great, but now he's got an unstable quarterback situation. How much did you downgrade him this week? Not really. Uh, it all just really depends on how Minnesota adapts with their offense. If they want to throw bubble screens and things over the top, like, I mean, I guess it depends on what you consider a downgrade. I think I have him at 31 amongst receivers with four teams on by. So I guess it, it, I think I had him at like 28 last week with no teams on by. So 31 with four teams on by is quite a downgrade. Yeah. Yeah. I, where did I put him? I, I definitely, I, I mean, he's definitely someone like in one league I'm stuck with him. I got to start him anyhow, just because of the, the situation there, but I didn't downgrade him that much. I've got him like 23. It's that's too high. Probably going to move him down. Uh, I do. And I, I, I constantly tweak my rankings though. So but, uh, like, you were talking about Jerry Judy, like who would you rather start Jerry Judy or Addison? I'd rather oh, start Addison. Addison. I know Judy isn't playing, but let's hypothetically say it doesn't matter the matchup. Just like, Addison, I would have more faith to do something in against anyone. Jerry Judy or Rome, uh, I mean, uh, Jordan Addison or Romeo Dubs this week. It's Addison. It's got to be. Yeah, it is for me. I have him over Deontay. I have him over Jacoby Myers. I have him over Jahan Dotson. I don't know what to do with him again. Uh, but at least he's he's not dead. Um, it's good to see their proof of life with him. Um, but we'll see what he can do in, in, a, in a subsequent week. Uh, Rashid Shahid is another interesting case. Three targets, 153 yards. He's a rich man's Alvin Harper. Um, just deep ball only, but man, what a weapon. He's the new Ted Ginn for yeah, the Saints. Oh, there's a good one. There's a good one. I like that one. Uh, he's listen, he's one of my favorite types of fantasy players. Like Deshaun Jackson was the ultimate version of this, but he was like actually good. So, yeah, Santana is. Moss is actually the best version of this because he had like seven for 202 touchdowns or zero it's mm -hmm. like oh okay the but, Bengals had darnay scott that was my go-to reference for a long time so i mean shahid's i think that it depends on the rest of your team like do you embrace volatility on your team or do you have a team full of floor players i love volatility on my team mm -hmm. uh if i you know don't feel like my team is up to snuff like i like in my longtime keeper league my team just isn't good coming into the season. Like I didn't have good keepers. I mortgaged it all last year and didn't win. And I was just left without picks and good keepers. So he's the type of guy I would constantly be running through my lineup and am constantly running through my lineup. And some weeks he wins me weeks, other weeks. Like I don't expect to win every single week because my team's not that good, but he is a guy that can win you weeks when he goes off. It's just, he's going to leave you holding the bag a lot of the times too. So I think you need to assess both your matchup and your team's upside and potential and how it's constructed in order to deploy him properly. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and I, he's still available in some leagues is the funny thing. I saw him cut in one of my home leagues. It's a 14 teamer. 
because they weren't going to start him this week and they uh, last week and they needed to pick up it somewhere else. So, yeah. yeah. Rashid Shahid or Demario Douglas this week? Who do you prefer? I would take Demario Douglas. He's going to get 10 targets at least. Yeah, he's the, he's going to be he's going to run as the receiver one. Jalen Riker was running as a receiver two last week. Oh. That's not that's bad. Oh, there's draft mistakes from the past there. I, I may have made that mistake in my one dynasty league, too. Oh, believing in the teams, to, you know, you know, believing in the team. I, and it's not my fault. It's that the Eagles drafted him. So therefore, I, I followed. I trailed the Eagles. So it's therefore their fault, not mine, that I drafted him in my league. Oh, so bad. So bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Douglas this week. I even think Juju might actually have some life again, too. No, don't do it to yourself. Yeah. Juju scored a touchdown and wasn't startable last week. Yeah, that's true. And then he's apt to blow his knee out at any point. Yeah. God, what? How he fell so far so fast. It's sad to see. But because I remember, you know, Dynasty Leagues, people loved him because of age to level. Remember, he was, you know, he came out of the pros really young. Uh, and you know, d- did well so well early on. They're like, oh yeah, this is a dynasty guy you want to have. And now he can barely, he's barely playable. Yeah, I mean, this is probably why I don't play in dynasty leagues. Yeah, yeah, I play in one. <laughs> Not for me. League, yeah, you, you need an awful lot of time on your hands to be playing dynasty fantasy football. Not that's lie, my yeah. problem. Is you know, I know you don't do baseball, and you're happily f- free as a bird because of that. Oh, but. Um, I like baseball. I do a lot of baseball. I can't do dynasty football while doing baseball right. I just can't. Well, I mean, baseball turned out to be too much time anyway, and then I just lost. I mean, I covered baseball full time from 2008 to 2014, and I was just like, you know what? No. Like, it's, it's the moment that I really moved from season-long fantasy into daily fantasy and gambling, primarily, like I still cover all three, but season-long fantasy football is on the back burner. Like, as mm-hmm. you know, people may or may not know, not the best customers in the world, fantasy football people. Although, I guess your guys' business model would say that's incorrect. But maybe you have all the season-long fantasy football people. Notoriously frugal and want free things, <laughs> fantasy football people. People who gamble are willing to spend their money a little bit more with you. That's true. So that's always nice. That's true. You know, when you're I really mean, our model bears, is when people will spend on good content, we'll let them use it however they see fit. That's, that's the way exactly right. But I am. You know, my audience is more if they're going to throw a thousand bucks on the bears, you know, they can throw me some money too. Yes. Yep. It's <laughs> just going to throw it away. But uh, baseball is just horrible for any sort of like, it's good to play daily fantasy baseball. It's good to bet on baseball, but content wise is horrible. I mean, basketball is even worse. Like unless you are doing a live show 30 minutes before lock, what's the point of doing basketball content? No, especially because before lock is the key with basketball because the the way they manage players now, it's just a nightmare. That's what I'm saying. Like you can yeah. give out great advice at 10 a.m. By the time noon happens, like, well, these eight guys aren't playing anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I need to redo all that. Like it just, it wasn't feasible. That's why I stuck to I mean, football changes, but that's a part of the football content cycle is stuff changing because it only happens once a week. And that's why golf works out so well as too, is that you have three days to do the coverage and the sport happens. Yeah. And you get the occasional overnight scratch or the early morning scratch in golf. But for the most part, you don't have load management. You know who's going to play. That, yeah, they're there. They don't get paid unless they play. <laughs> right. And they've actually traveled to go there. You know, and they paid to, paid their way to get there, trade their caddy to get there and all that. Yeah, they're going to play unless they're really, really hurt. Every once in a while you get that, but you don't get the Spurs version of there. And the the, the whole, oh, don't I, I'm going to 
I could just go on forever about that because it's just it's so anti-fan to do the, the late scratch and family of four takes their you know one NBA game a year and nobody plays in that game. It's just the worst, just the worst. The box, uh, yeah. I, I had it happen to me the because like when I would I, I mean listen I always want to see either LeBron or the Warriors uh, when they would come to play the Raptors once a year and I think mm-hmm. like three years in a row I bought Warriors tickets and, like no one played like yeah. I had to go like I bought I bought a finals ticket to go watch them and. That was like the first time I saw. I mean, Curry wasn't even playing at that point. It was like Durant, Clay got hurt, <laughs> Durant yeah. got hurt. It was like Steph and a bunch of and Draymond losing yeah. to the Raptors, which was great. Love that for me. But Giannis yeah. was always the guy to go see because Giannis would always play. And that's not the case anymore. No, he, he, play, he missed like twenty games last year. So, yeah, uh, I, I wish there, I wish there was a way to fix it, but there, I don't know. It's just it is super frustrating. Anyways, we've been. What's not been super frustrating is talking with you, Pat. I, I'm so grateful that you uh, gave a bunch of your time. You're a busy guy. You got shows today. What do you have today? Uh, let's see. I have already rerun projections and updated my rankings and injury report. I have a free newsletter that I send out that has injury reports. There's one coming out that. tonight. Uh, the yeah. Mayo Media Newsletter. You can find it on Substack, free to join kind of thing. Uh, I'm running. I'm waiting for props to drop at different books right now. So I have a like alert set alert system set up for that uh, in case I want to go smash one of these. It's if it's a bad number versus the run the Sims numbers right now, I am going to fill my best bet show in about an hour with Rob Pizzola and Cam Stewart. So that should come out later on tonight. And then I am speaking at the Stern school of business at NYU to a data scientist and modeling class tonight for two hours. Oh, that is amazing. That's very cool. Um, I, I love hearing about that. I, I, I can't wait to hear how that goes. Uh, I do it once a year. I've been doing it once a year for like the past five years. It's always very interesting to me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, my only similar experiences with a all boys high school for a sports enthusiast club. It's not quite the same thing, but yeah. or the same size audience. But it, it's super fun to do that sort of stuff. Do you just uh, have like a banner that says sports on it? <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but all that. What it turns out to be, should I start? Uh, it, it you know, you get the boys asking stardom cinema questions as well as like career questions. It's all kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun, and yeah, you get to just talk sports with. And hey, high school boys play a ton of fantasy, by the way. Do People they? don't realize it. They play a lot of NBA, believe it or not. That doesn't uh, surprise me. Yeah. Uh, so it was. It's been fun to do that. Um, hey, thank you so much. I really had a blast talking with you. I always enjoy your work, and I always enjoy seeing you at the FSGA conference in January. So uh, you will we'll not see me this year. Ooh, really? Yeah, I'm going to Aruba instead. Uh, I can't blame you for that one. There. Yeah. I, I choose Aruba too. Maybe I'll go in the summertime this time. I never go to the summer one, but maybe I'm never I will. Never into it either. Yeah. Exactly. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I, I appreciate you and uh, good luck in your shows. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, and make sure to hit the subscribe button. So, you know, when this uh, podcast drops or when any of our podcasts drop. And of course we got John and Mario coming up tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Take care.